Alrighty, what's up, my friends? So I have the opportunity here to chat with some Vegas locals. And I tell you guys all the time, I love picking people's brains. And what an opportunity we have here because not only are these guys right in our wheelhouse of the show, but me and Kelly in general, when it comes to casino, gambling, and couples, right? We don't get that often. We have a lot of listeners of the show who are couples who talk about it all the time. Like, hey, we have a lot of friends who are outside of that realm and don't understand us. So we're just built different, I'm learning. <laughs> and so today, the opportunity to chat with some folks that I'm super excited to bring on the show because they have something of value to offer you guys that you may not be aware of and what they're doing over on their website and some of the stuff they bring to the table that we had to bring them on and chat with them. So my friends, I want to welcome John and Christina to the Vegas Confessions podcast. Hey there, everyone. This is Matt Bridget, and you are listening to the Vegas Confessions podcast. Didn't we go to my favorite dive bar before that? We went yeah. to Double Down. Double Down Saloon. Yeah, we had some ash juice. I am all about ash juice. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go check that room. There's like a dead guy in the in the bed. What in the, the lady at the counter says, well, we'll call housekeeping. What's housekeeping? <laughs> Jay's never met an asshole he didn't like. <laughs> Shout out to the guy at third base at the blackjack table I was at last, who was obviously trying to keep a high-low count, but was mouthing the numbers as the cards were being turned oh, over. Be careful what you say, because we can have you whacked. Hey, I'm Nicky Furnitz, and you're listening to the Vegas Confessions Podcast. Alrighty, so before we get into anything, we do have to give some shout-outs to our Patreon members who support the show and give us a little love. In return, we give some love in return with some extra content, like stories that never make it on the actual podcast, that are a little more raw and real, <laughs> if I should say. <laughs> Alrighty, first shout-out goes out to David Sowell, Renee Hale, Taylor from New Mexico, Neil Macedo, Scott Jarvis, Travis Atherton, Scott and Lisa Wingfield, The Chef Demoni Podcast, Jaina Girard, Bobby G, Kid Dakota, Wayne Klingman, and Mike over from stripwalking.com. We appreciate you, folks. It means a lot. So how are you guys? I'm good. Doing great. How are you? <laughs> John, can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing over at VegasAdvantage.com? Well, we are an inf informational website. It covers Las Vegas gambling mostly. There's some other information on there about shows and hotels and restaurants, but the, the core of it is about gambling, specifically table games. There's some video poker discussion there as well. Uh, Vegas Advantage is the source for all the table game minimums in Las Vegas. There's 71 casinos that have live table games right now, and uh, all the two of them deal more than blackjack. And so we cover the minimums, the crap sods, the number of zeros on roulette wheels, the types of high gal games that are available, uh, the, the minimum that we think it would require to play that game most hours of the day. And you guys are going around town like mad people, updating all of this information and getting all the data you need, which is mind boggling to me. So I thought, you know what, this is perfect because not only do we have a lot of folks who love the gambling and the casino industry, but to wrap our mind around everything you guys are doing and how it's getting done not only that just how you guys educate some of the casino personnel and work with them and let them know and enlighten them like hey this is what you should be doing this is what other people are doing right so i think it's super interesting how some of the casinos are listening versus you know i don't need his help right i thought that was pretty cool when i saw certain businesses in town listening to what you guys had to say yeah definitely we we get feedback from uh, some of the casino operators, like the upper management people, sometimes it's people who are uh, pit supervisors, occasionally it's dealers, but we've also learned that we, uh, Christina covers the electronic table game side of this, and we believe that there are some people who are buying our newsletter that includes all that information we talked about that includes uh, electronic table games, who are watching that and, may, and fixing some of the, uh, I don't know if we'll call them mistakes, but oversights, because she'll laugh at some of the times, she'll go, hey, you know, there was this anomaly on the list, and it's not there anymore, and that comes up pretty often. How interesting. Now, Christina, let me ask you. Now, when you guys started this stuff, were you already interested in the table games in general or no? So 
Table games, I guess, is something John and I kind of started playing together along with video poker. Um, John gambled before I did. He kind of brought me into the casino world of things. And uh, we used to do things like little crap series together, um, play Pike Out. Um, you know, that was the game he taught me because I'm not a good loser. I don't like high risk or high variance games. And so Pike Out was a, a great, you know, uh, have lots of free drinks, um, or at least, you know, they used to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lots of free drinks while not winning or losing a lot. And so to me, that was a win because um, coming out even in a casino, you know, to me is a victory. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I got into it. And then other people kind of, you know, wanted a little bit more, and John got kind of hired on to, you know, look more into table games. And I, I love spreadsheets and data and the data nerd in the project. Um, So I would um, help with organizing the information that he was collecting and making it in a way that was a little more easy to understand. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Um, Because obviously when you collect it in a notepad, it's not easy to see everything in front of you. So my job was then to, you know, put it in a form where we could look at and, and see kind of what was going on. And so that's kind of how I uh, joined in on the table game fun uh, through the years. Okay. So let me ask you this. Now that you cover more of the table game side, do you see yourself gravitating towards the table games when you enter the casino more often? Um, I'll be honest. No, uh, more the limits kind of, you know, back me off. And I'll be honest, I don't enjoy the face of pipe out as much. Okay. And so with most of the games turning into face up and if you don't want to play face up, it gets even more expensive. Um, so this kind of turned me off a little bit from the table games. Um, there is a fun, uh, three card poker ETG, uh, that lasted for a little while there Paris that's gone now that uh, John and I would go play together because it was kind of more low limit kind of table game fun but yeah otherwise I honestly don't think I've played a live table game since the pandemic wow okay okay correct me if I'm wrong John <laughs> I don't think I, I think mostly it's been video poker um, but I think the last then... time we played a live table game was uh, ultimate, the two dollar ultimate Texas Hold'em with Jerry's Nugget in about 2019 it's going to be my prediction yeah. So, <laughs> um, we're playing this with some ETGs and some hybrid stadium type stuff uh, since then, but I don't think I've sat down. Um, you know, like I said, the you know budget isn't always uh, available. Stuff, um, you know, the high minimums, and and I learned my lesson a long time ago um, when there was a twenty dollar minimum that a hundred dollars at a twenty dollar table doesn't last very long when the dealer's lucky. You know, four hands in a row. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Without having a, a bigger bankroll to place some of those the higher limit games, it's it, to me it's not fun, and so it's not be fun. I don't want to play, so I'd rather play the video poker right and play the lower limit um, and still enjoy myself. Interesting, uh, yeah. I'm but, losing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think that's very interesting because I, I think the more that people start to know the games, right, is when they start to get adapted to them and start to get sucked in. Or I can take blackjack. I think I got an edge, right? So and. There's always the people who, oh, I can count cards, I can get an advantage here, and it's it's really all about knowing what game you're playing with the best odds and what's best for you when it comes to the rules and what can be done. But I thought it was interesting that there's so many different aspects that people look at the gaming side of it. So let me ask you this, John. How did you guys end up in Vegas? Because you guys are not from Vegas originally, am I correct? Right. We both grew up in Atlanta. I'm from there originally, in the Atlanta area. I'm, I'm born and raised there. Christina moved there, I believe, when she was three, thereabouts. Okay. And so uh, we met in, in 2001. And in 2006, I accepted a job in uh, South Dakota. We lived about 30 minutes south of Deadwood and Sturgis and about that, a little less than that, west of Rapid City. And uh, we worked in the online, or I, I worked in the online poker industry back then when it was really booming. And so that job uh, played out. We uh, and so I kind of ran out of things to do there. And when things crashed down here, we thought, let's let's give Las Vegas a try. We moved here in October of 2010. Uh, I moved to an online poker job, brought me here. Uh, online poker was legalized here in 2013. And I was a part of the, I don't know, I wasn't a very sort of official lobbyist, but I, I helped uh, push for the legalization, for the regula- reg- uh, regulation of it. And that's kind of the story of I was, my, all my, my 
my background is in poker and online poker originally. But while that was going on, we took on the Las Vegas table game survey uh, to start out with just blackjack. And as online poker fizzled, uh, the Las Vegas coverage became more and more of our uh, work. Okay. So I thought it was interesting that I, I saw something with Atlanta. My my daughter, she plays softball for Georgia. So we, we actually, my wife's in Athens right now as we speak. So it was funny that I saw on the, on the website today, I was like, ooh, Atlanta. All right, let me make sure they're not originally from Vegas for sure. Let me uh, ask you this. Christina, do you guys see yourself gravitating towards certain spots that have become your favorite in town? Because I know I've ran into you guys multiple times in town. I think, John, I ran into you the last night I was leaving town this week. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. I see you guys all over. What are some of your favorite spots? Um, If we don't want to go share from home, uh, Ramparts, you know, our local kind of casino hangouts. um, They got some good bar top video poker that we'll play together there. Uh, if we want to stretch our legs a little bit more and go downtown, then you know, the Sand Dollar um, is a place you can find us if we're together. John will be on the Joker poker more when I'm not with him um, on edited things more just because of the way the machines are sitting. We have to kind of play, you know, the hello over there, you know, conversations or be getting your steps in, walking back and forth. So can't really sit side by side um otherwise the view bar right at the d uh is the other one that will go sometimes and uh play the machines up there um i think those are kind of our hangouts like i said the, the strip we don't hang out too often it normally takes somebody out of town or you know for us to hang out for longer than a survey or you know, a show or something um to get us on the strip so gambling isn't something we do on the strip often if at all okay noted to myself i will take one of the questions off the list that says do you guys consider yourself downtown people or strip people so that one's taken (laughs) care of right there (laughs) so john let me ask you when you guys are collecting your data how long does it typically take you guys to visit a property and what are you looking for more or less well so since we've been doing this so long and uh we are able to go into these casinos and we know the layouts and my memory is quite acute and so i can walk in look around and say that's different or that's not different yes and so i will normally just walk around see if anything's different and i'll try to find an idle dealer if i have a question and i'll ask them something mm-hmm. hey can i still split aces up to four times at this blackjack check they say yes a lot of times it's on the sign maybe it's not uh so if i have any questions i'll go do that otherwise and I'll, I'll go through some of the video poker machines to see if anything's changed there we can be in and out of some of these places in five minutes nice but the big ones 15 maybe like bellagio probably takes 15 minutes to go through because it's just so spread out some of these locals casinos we can go in and out in two or three minutes because there's just nothing to them. Oh, so when he's doing the table games, I'm going through the electronic table games or whatnot. So I'm running through the ETGs while he's doing the live table games, and I'm checking out the minimums, side bets, you know, those kind of things or whatnot, if there's new machines or whatnot, you know, new installations from the last time. So if everything's the same for me, it's super quick. It takes me a little longer if I've got a bunch of, you know, uh, new installs or whatnot to record because I'll try to, you know, keep track of um, those. I don't keep track of the number of seats, but I'll you know, keep track of, you know, the different types of installations in each casino. That's so funny. You guys are knocking out two birds with one stone, essentially. Yeah, that's so funny. And I'm sure when you guys notice a new game, it's kind of exciting for you. Like, oh, oh, look what this this place has now, right? I'm sure because that's just something new. Like you said, you're so used to seeing certain things in these different properties, but you're so used to seeing them. So it becomes repetitive, right? Yeah. For, for me, for the ETGs, it's kind of fun to see what they try to make inventive. I mean, a lot of times it's just it's roulette with just different bells and whistles. <laughs> Um, but on our last outing on the strip, we've actually noticed they're trying to mix up craps a little bit. There's a couple new installations in town where you get to choose which two out of the three dice you want to count for your dice roll. So you and the person next to you can actually be playing different dice games, if you will, different craps games. Weird, you know, you're cheering on different dice. Um, so it's just kind of, to me, interesting on kind of how they try to keep things interesting, you know, and some of them are gone before you've even almost courted them or others have obviously get popular enough and stick around. So that's kind of interesting to for me to 
Yeah, see kind of the new things that come in and out of town. Yeah, and I'm sure it's, it's not very often you find new tables anymore. The, those are almost a thing of the past. At G2E, we discovered a, a, a three-card poker variant that's going to hit the floor next month in a couple of casinos that uh, that I'm pretty excited about. I don't use most of these new games. I'm like, no, nah, that's not going to make it. But this one, I think, is. Really? But the, there used to be there were a ton of blackjack variants, but free bets seem to have run all them off. It just yeah. totally dominates the market now. Yeah, and the six-five payout on the strip makes it hard to get blackjack variants on the floor these days. The new game era, I think, is in significant decline right now. Yeah, no, you're right because there was black blackjack switch. There was a lot of different versions, and they've all disappeared from the casinos. And even in California, there's a real popular one, and it's still here. It's called Spanish Twenty One. And that's where you, it's a different game. But, yeah, I saw it, they wanted to push for it to get out there. It seemed it just disappeared. And the only thing there is, yeah, the regular version. And, and that's all you're getting. And I thought that was so funny because I have to admit, I loved one of the worst games in the casino that you can play. And I wanted to ask you guys this down the road. Do you guys ever play them because they're fun or you guys just stay away from because you know? But one of my favorite games when they used to have it in town here. It was a $5 casino war table. I used to sit at that thing forever. <laughs> there are still a few of those tables left in town, but I think 15 is as cheap as it gets. Yeah. Uh, Cosmopolitan and, and Wynn have it still off the top of my head. I think that might be the only two. There's a stadium casino war at Venetia now with a $3 minimum where it deals like seven cards and you can pick which one and the dealer just has whatever card it is. <laughs> so that that was kind of weird. It seems like it's pretty slow for a video game. I imagine that if they made it just here's your card, here's my card, they'll go so fast it'll just clean everybody out. Yeah, yeah. And I think those new uh, bubble crap games that you were talking about, Christina, if I'm not mistaken, I thought I saw those over at MGM, right? MGM brand, one of the, the ones that the, had that. The easy, the easy craps is. The easy craps at MGM brand. That's what it's called, uh, easy craps. Tropicana is yeah, where that three dice one was. Tropicana had a three dice. There was a couple other casinos we ran across. Uh, it was at Aria, but not fully operational yet. Um, the other one was more kind of set up like a stadium game was, but there was like three bubbles in the middle, and you picked whether you wanted the red, yellow, or green, and you picked two colors, and those were the dice you were selecting to roll. So my assumption is all three of them roll, but you're getting the two you picked where somebody else at the table is getting a different roll off the two they picked if they pick different colors. So it kind of, I don't know, it was kind of a weird variation because they're like a craps table and everybody's cheering for the same thing. So I mean, yes. it was kind of like a weird thought to be sitting at a craps table and be cheering for a different right dice roll so I could be going, yay, and it's not because I hit my point, you know, or whatever. Well, you're seven hanging out on your roll over there, <laughs> you know, it's like, Kind of a, I don't know, it was a weird plot, but, you know, like I said, they're, they're trying new things. I think at least they're trying to keep it interesting. Um, in ETG world, you know, there's some attempts, like I said, that, that's been one of the more creative ones I've seen. Because uh, a lot of times it's just a different way the roulette wheel spins, you know, and yeah, <laughs> it almost looked yeah, like a sick photo game. <laughs> well, yeah, you look, at, three days. Yeah. you look at it and you think to yourself, wow, what if I can get on a hot roll or, you know, what an... What if the other part happens where you get in and you bet on the green one and it hits seven and then the other one's hitting seven? <laughs> so, yeah, but that's funny. So, John, let me ask you this one. If I get this question a lot, for people moving to Las Vegas, they're becoming a resident, right? They want to start playing at a certain property, maybe not on or off strip. What would you recommend? Because I get this one a lot, and I'm interested to see what your answer would be that on whether it be for rewards or offers or just you feel like you have the best luck there, what would you recommend for a local and which property they should start off maybe becoming a rewards member with? Well, and so the, the answer to that is going to depend on the part of town. Yeah, I joke with Christina all the time, if we ever live on the other side of the city, we're out by Rampart. Okay. But if the people that live in Henderson have some incredible uh, uh, gambling opportunities down there, there's two places in downtown Henderson that have really low-limit 100% video poker, yeah. uh, Emerald Island and Rainbow Club. Now, they don't send you free slot play it ever. <laughs> However, you could eat there for free for the rest of your life if you gave them minimal amounts of action because they give you food comps like you wouldn't have a belief. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that's one of the things. So that's that part of town over there. When you get towards the north part of town, I would say that between Jerry's Nugget and Cannery, you'll find enough things mm -hmm. between those two places. Out west, I, I believe that Rampart is the best of the casinos out here. 
the Red Rock is an exceptional property and is definitely worthy of a mention there. If you go by the value, I think Rampart is just slightly a little better. And uh, if you're on the south side, South Point's the winner. Now, downtown offers a lot of opportunity also because uh, you have we have 12 properties there that are owned by, what, seven different companies? That's not right. But, you know, I'm saying five different companies, I yeah, guess. Right. And so, like, Binion's and Four Queens have an incredible players club with some good games in there. Plaza takes care of their loyal players. Mm-hmm. Derek's properties always take care of their players. And so, in uh, the El Cortez, is its own little time machine with the old coin games back there and that kind of thing. So there's a little bit for everyone. And you can casino hop and get uh, several mailers from different places where you can park at one place and go pick them all up at the same time. And the answer is it depends. Table game players are probably going to prefer somewhere like Jerry's Nugget and Cannery. Yeah. Because uh, like the first two places I mentioned, Emerald Island and Rainbow Club, don't have table games at all. And at those locations, the Cannery and Jerry's Nugget, those are going to be some lower limits for the most part, correct? Right. It, uh, it, Jerry's Nugget, they, last time I was in there, they had uh, two, $2 heads up hold'em, which is just almost like Ultimate Texas hold'em. Uh, roulette's $2 there, $5, 3-2 blackjack, and $5 uh, craps. And uh, Cannery has $5, 10 times odds on craps. And then you can play like $10 pie gal, and all their blackjack is $5. And so that's the, the table value is in those two places for sure. They're probably one and two in terms of that. On Boulder Highway, there's a place called Skyline Casino that has $5, 3-2 blackjack also. You know, that's almost a thing of the past. Ellis Island has one table. Up. South Point has a couple of tables of it. So that that's becoming, uh, you know, it's better to, to play in a cheap way if you live here. You know, when you come here as a tourist, you're like, oh, I can, here's my budget. Here's $1,000 I'm going to play with. When you live here, you just can't do that kind of thing. You have to think, you know, a lot more responsibly that I'm on vacation. You have to have a little more control. I love it. John, I love everything you're saying, my friends. And if you're listening right now, this is exactly why they're on the podcast. Like they know this stuff without even checking their stuff. It's like the back of your head. And this is kind of where I can relate when it comes to the businesses and majority of the casinos, because I do a lot of the mapping essentially of the casinos, right, for Vegas near me. And I'm actually updating businesses and looking at what's changing and what's turning over. So to hear you saying, hey, you know, I got a very good memory when it comes to stuff like this, and it stays in your head. So when people mention a place, I'm like, oh, that's inside this place, right? So just like you're saying, oh, the, well, the table's inside of this place are just like this, and this are the odds. It's so mind-boggling to me. And my friends, if you're listening to this, this just goes to show you they know what they're talking about. Get over to their website. Check it out. This The newsletter is worth it. It's all worth checking out because these guys will get you up-to-date, real-time information of the actual limits at every single property, and they know this stuff like the back of their head. Just by hearing you guys talk, you, I mean, you guys are selling yourselves out of here. It's perfect. I love it. Um, let me ask you, Christina, on the subject that he just mentioned right now, Living in Vegas, it's a little different when, you know, you become the tourist from transitioning into town. I want to talk about that a little bit because Las Vegas is for a certain kind of person, I always say, especially when it comes to living there, right? I work there and I'm there every, you know, month, about a week at a time. And so I've gotten real accustomed to the city. But I've also learned there's good bad. There's good parts and there's bad parts in like every city in America, right? Well, I want to talk a little bit about that and how you have kind of a little bit of what John was mentioning is not only the discipline, but the self-control, right? Because you go there as a tourist and you're amped up to gamble and that's what you're there for and to have a good time and drink and party and let loose. When you become a resident, it all changes that perspective and you have to chill down a little bit and know when you're going to play and know when you're going to, you know, hold back. And I don't need to play inside of an Albertsons, right? Like there's a lot of that in town, 7-Elevens, all the gas stations, there's slots, there's they're all over. It's that temptation. Can you guys talk a little more on that? Did it ha- did you guys have to make any kind of adjustment when you had to get there, Christina? Well, so I think a lot of it um, is really really with any vice, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a being conscientious about it, right? We could all drink ourselves, you know, to death every night if we didn't like pay attention to how many bottles you go through, right? How many shots you have. So it's kind of, it's, it, you get to treat it kind of to me the same kind of responsibility way. And kind of like John mentioned, you know, you gamble with X number of dollars when you go on vacation. So it's kind of being more like conscientious of how gambling fits into your budget and making sure that you are paying your bills and, you know, your rent and all the other things that are, you know, number one, right. important first. 
and using the entertainment value instead of uh, a dependency value or whatnot, um, the comps can be addicting really easy, but you also have to stop and think about how much are you really paying for those comps? Yeah. Because, you know, especially when we moved here, I mean, when the buffets were abundant, you know, everything was a free buffet, free buffet, called a free buffet. I mean, you almost just had to show up and they feed you for free and, and, and stuff like that. And that's great. But at some point you have to go, how much are you really paying for your food? You know, um, you know, we joke that there's sometimes when you look at the a tables at a video poker bar you're like i'll pay for my drinks with cash because it's cheaper than trying to play for them you know and the pay tables were really bad and so it's kind of honestly having a lot of i think that conscious thought of going are you what am i really paying for my free buffet you know because if you're chugging your entire paycheck it's not a free buffet it became a really expensive buffet um and really making sure that it's safe fun um, then being conscious of, of the fun value of why are you gambling? Because if you're gambling to win, you're gambling wrong. You know, uh, you know, being lucky is great, but you can't gamble to win. And, you know, you can you you can be smarter about the gambling to hope that, you know, math is on your side and, you know, bare hands doesn't become a bitch. Um, you know, because, you know, that's always been our running joke is that one day we'll have a dog named Variance because Variance is a bitch. Um, so with the kids, we haven't done it yet, but one day, you know. Um, There's still time. <laughs> There's still time. So, uh, but so, but it's being conscientious and not trying to chase it all back sometimes, you know, you'll have a bad night. You go, you know, tonight's not my night. I'm not going to chase it to win it back. And so, you know, you still kind of have to have that budget mentality, but know that life's not a party every night. Um, that's the hardest thing when people visit you from out of town and they forget that you can't drop everything every moment because you still have responsibilities in real life um, when you live here. Um, every night isn't a party. Um, some people make that work, but they burn out pretty fast. And um, <laughs> when, when they try it, um, it's, you know, like every other fast life, you know, some people can get away with it for a while before they crash and burn. Um, but you'll find a lot of people that live here don't spend a lot of time in the casinos and stuff, too. And so it just really depends on kind of who you spend your time with and how you spend your time, um, you know, while you're here, you know, because... Most of us aren't in the casinos, you know, seven days a week, unless you're working in the casinos, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. When you come out to the suburbs, you know, if I took you to my house, you know, blindfolded and you know, looked around, you know, I could tell you where a team gets and you'd believe me, you know, yeah. like, so, you know, not everything is, is covered in the casino. Now we walk into the grocery store, well, then, you know, I don't have to school anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think you touched something that's really key is, not only the, 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 you know, just being aware and it being a vice, but you're absolutely right. When friends come into town and I'm in town, I'm there for work, right? It, it does. The, the trips have changed for me. Like gambling is very minimal. Like if I'm gambling, it's because it's the end of the night. I'm done doing what I have to do. I'll throw in a few bucks here and there, but nothing like when I used to. So when friends come in and they're like, hey, Jay, I'm going to be hanging out tonight. Meet me downtown. First thing out of their mouth is, hey, where, where do you want to play craps, right? Or where are we gambling, right? And so that's always my mindset is, all right, it does have to change a little bit. And some people are more conscious of it. And some are just like, hey, where are we playing? And you don't, you, you do want to go and have a good time sometimes, not let them down because that's what you're known for. You're there to have the good time, right? But at the same time, you do make a very good point with, when does enough become enough? I don't want to burn myself out. I may still have to work in the morning, right? All that stuff becomes a factor. So what about you, John? Did you have to make any adjustments? Was it hard for you at all? Uh, I think I did some. When we came here, I was still I was working on a poker site that with for a company based in another state. They moved me here as that we were going to start building poker content for online poker when it when it boomed. Now they went out they went out of business before it ever happened. And so I was going from poker room to poker room playing all the time. It had you know, swings and stuff that were not uh, enjoyable at some points. And uh, and so that did affect me some. That the, the, It took some tough adjustment. Uh, the key here seems to be if you make it two years, then you can tolerate the summers. You get used mm -hmm. to that. 
and can tolerate being around all the gambling and all of the negative aspects that can come along with that. Uh, that does seem to be like when all these people moved here during the pandemic closure and after that, a lot of them, I believe, have already left. We've had plenty of friends that have come and gone from here over the years that, that, that didn't make it because it is a tough place, especially if you move somewhere where there's been no gambling, you have no background in that at all, and you get kind of stuck and hooked or whatever to this. It can be, uh, it can have very negative outcomes. And so I had to get used to that. I used to play poker professionally. And I tried to think that I could bring that here and then work on that website and do that together. But it just isn't fun here compared to, at least I don't think so. Because everybody's so serious and unhappy. They've been doing it for 20 years. And it's just, when I used to play poker in Deadwood, we all knew each other. It was like a home game. And that's just not the case here at all. (laughs) I hear hear that a lot, especially from friends that are poker players, that people come into town with that mindset of, uh, you know, they're they're hungry. They want to go and find a fish and when the world series is happening like that's the honey pot of poker in town and it's really funny that you're saying that because i have a lot of locals and like christina said earlier i can't even drag them to the casinos a lot of the times unless we're having a meal at a restaurant that happens to be at a casino (laughs) yeah that's so funny you know one of the things like you mentioned the albertsons and the 7-elevens and stuff i've never put a dollar in any of those machines i've gone and looked at the pay tables on them and went oh that's terrible that's only like a little better than the airport and and, and kept going but you know, you see people playing with their grocery baskets full with milk and i'm like how long has that milk been sitting out you know you can tell that there's a lot of uh you know unhealthy stuff going on there the cvs's don't have gambling anymore that was one of the things i thought was just pushing it too far the places that you pick up your prescription and get a vaccine in the same place there's slot machines just didn't <laughs> just sit very well with me so i'm glad that that's gone right. yeah no right i know i was amazed when i still saw it and i walked out of sprouts and then walked into albertson's and i'm like oh wow okay they're in this one yeah okay but yes the one i wanted to ask you guys is so what would you recommend people do so Maybe you're playing concierge for a moment. You have a friend coming into town. They want to do something outside of the casino and hotel gambling stuff. They want to do something different. What are your guys' recommendations on and where are you sending them to? Christina, you start first. What are your recommendations? Oh, these are so hard because these are so open-ended because it so depends on what your interest levels are. Um, I've had friends come into town or we've had friends come into town and I've, I've done everything with them to exotic car museums, street or car rooms. Don't make me name all the places off the top of my head, but I know there's like a Shelby you know, mm-hmm. Museum yeah. or whatever here for yeah. my big car nut friends, as well as the uh, what is the count customizations or whatnot. I don't know if these places are still open uh, to the public and stuff. I know the, the Shelby Monuments and stuff. So there's like a bunch of car type of things that people can do, especially if you're in the, the car TV channels, like a couple of those shops and stuff, at least um, have been here on that end. Um, there's a whole bunch of like shows and stuff like that um people can see um if you're into those especially if you don't have a lot of shows in your town um obviously there's a bunch of shirt shows here all the tickets can be kind of pricey yeah um for some of those there's a lot of good cheap comedy shows though um if that's something that doesn't come to your local you know town or wherever you're at um uh, we definitely enjoy the comedy clubs and rotating you know comedians and stuff that come through as well as um you know the big headliners and stuff that are in town here also i mean we've done a lot of hiking and stuff like that too that's a seasonal thing depending obviously you don't want to do that in the summertime yeah we're between red rock and then the one on the other side of town that my wife is going blank on Valley of Fire, thank you. The Valley of Fire are both opposite sides of town. They're both beautiful um, desert landscapes to go through. So if you're into hiking and outdoors, um, those are definitely cool places to see different rock formations. And you just get to see different color. I don't know, to me, I think all the different rich browns and reds and earth tones are really cool. So I'm always fascinated with the desert um, landscape terrain and stuff there. So... I think that's kind of the, like I said, the, you know, we got even have this, this performing arts center and stuff like that. If you want even more artsy stuff um, in, in town, uh, you can go to the nuclear, uh, the atomic museum or whatnot. So there's a lot of really cool, interesting history things in town. If you want to do something history on the mob museum downtown, I've done that one multiple times. If you're in really gross graphic stuff, there's a room in there where you can actually see like crime scene photos and stuff from some the mob crimes. Um, if you don't, well, they do warn you not to go in it. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a, 
I'm working outside the door to tell you if you don't want to see this, don't go in. <laughs> uh, if you think that's cool, enjoy. <laughs> so yeah, so those are two meters and a lot of the non, you know, cool. Um, if you're on an amusement park ride, obviously, you know, Circus Circus, the Adventure Dome, mm-hmm. the prices are a little more steep, but if you can find some coupons, um, that's kind of a cool indoor amusement park as well as the you know, roller coaster New York, New York. I always ask people if they're afraid of heights, and if they say no, then I say we're going to the top of the stratosphere. <laughs> that's that's my favorite non-gaming thing to do. I've only gotten one of my friends to do the sky jump. Christine and I have done it each once, and I did it one other time. Uh, and so he did the sky jump when he was here, and we rode some of the rides up there. Uh, it's not for everyone, for sure, <laughs> but it's not very expensive in the big in the big picture. But yeah, I know that there uh, some people find that terrifying. So that's. Usually the, the first question, if they are afraid of heights, I say, do you like the people watch? And if they say yes, say, let's go to Fremont Street. Yeah. And then they always think that they've never seen Fremont Street before at the end of that. They're like, that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I said, yeah, only if you've been to Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras could you really compare any of this stuff to that. Those are the things that I recommend. And, you know, people forget how much outdoor stuff yeah. there is to do here. There's vast desert. There's all these hiking trails. Unfortunately, Mount Charleston's closed right now because of the – the hurricane Hill or the it's a hurricane Hillary that, that messed mm-hmm. it up up there, but that'll be open again by the end of the end of the winter. And so there are plenty of things to do outside to get away. And you know, if you're, it's, it's, so it's really good to get away from the casino sometimes, you know, locals or tourists or whatever it is, you go out and play in the casino all day long, go out during a nice October afternoon and go do some hiking or just walking around. No, you guys, this is absolutely why I love asking those questions, especially not not only to folks on what they do on their trips, but locals, because people need to understand because they don't realize all this awesome stuff to do is within the city or around it. Right. Like you said, there's uh, Zion. There's even Lee Canyon right now. They've added the, all kinds of stuff up there. There's so much areas around to check out that people don't take advantage of. They just get stuck in the facade of Vegas and, oh, I'm here to gamble and like you said, the small shows, the show that we ran into each other at was a great comedy show and it's no longer around. And that's one of the things where we were talking about is, you know, sometimes things are going to be there, then they're not. So enjoy an opportunity when you can take it. Get out, go witness something. Um, So I think this is great. You guys touched on some really, really good points. And you guys mentioned a few things I had up for our bucket of, for our bucket <laughs> or fuck it game coming up here pretty soon. So can I add one more thing? When when you were talking about people moving here or whatnot, mm-hmm. that's another advantage is there's some Las Vegas like local tickets, like house seat programs and stuff. Whereas a local, you can get pay an annual membership and you can get you know access to tickets to different shows and stuff um, around town. So that's one of the ways we kind of have a chance to see some of the things that we see around town is through one of those memberships. So. People that live in Las Vegas are required in a bad ID, so you actually have mm-hmm. to admit you live here um, and finish, you know, the, the processing the paperwork because um, the bad ID is required to pick up your tickets and stuff. But you know, so there's some also local ways um, to get to see some of the non-gambling uh, pieces and some of the other entertainment things around town. I'm uh, I'm so glad seats. you mentioned house seats. House seats I've heard from four different locals who have read Zabide who are like, Jay, once you get here, man, like I've heard of this and this guy's I've I've mentioned it before on the actual podcast here where you, locals get uh discounted show rates to tickets and some of the shows again, even some of the big ones, but some of the ones surrounding the local area that you can go and check out cheap and it's really cool because Otherwise, you know, sometimes the locals are too busy and got a lot of stuff going on on their plate already that they don't have time to squeeze this show in. But if they see something for super cheap, hey, we got nothing going on this weekend. Let's go check this out. Let's do something. Let's get out of the house, right? So that's so funny that you mentioned house seats. You're the fourth person now to mention it on the podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, sometimes on the day of, you'll see late afternoon, you'll, you're, you're not supposed to talk about who's on it, but there'll be some big names right. that at four o'clock in the afternoon will be like, oh, wow, Christina, what are you doing tonight? Because in four hours, this show that we've always wanted to see, that's $100 of tickets on there, and it's free. Absolutely. They, they want you to buy a drink, so it's not totally free. But if you went in there and didn't buy a drink, I don't know that most of the places would know. Yeah, right. A hundred percent. That's so funny you mentioned that. That's, uh, that's just <laughs> blow my mind right now. That's awesome. John, what would you consider the best place, if you don't mind answering, what would you consider the best place right now to play video poker in Las Vegas is? So the best game is at Plaza. There's two of the full-pay jokers by the security podium. Okay. But that strategy is 
super complicated and it's only on quarter denomination, which probably would bore a lot of people. Otherwise, it's perfect for me. Okay. Uh, overall, South Point is the best place because it has at least a thousand, it could be 2,000 video poker machines that have 99% better video poker on them. And those tend to go all the way up to what they call not so ugly ducks, which is a deuces wild game that if you play it perfectly, 99.73. And it has full pay jacks and full pay bonus poker deluxe. Uh, so, so the station, the, the the major station casinos still have 10-7 double bonus and 10-6 double double up to a dollar. And so it depends on what you're, would you want a whole bunch of t- good titles? Do you want the best one or do you want a few that are around 100%? But South Point is the best variety for sure, which is why every time I've been in there, it's slammed no matter what time of day or you know day of the week it is. But uh, I, I tend to like Plaza because it has most of those games anyway. So yeah. I think it edges it edges everybody else out by a little bit. But if somebody told me that South Point's better, you know, no reason to argue with them there. Four Queens is an honorable mention there too. Okay, very cool. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay, so this is the main reason why I wanted to have you guys on. Now, John, we've actually communicated before in the past, I think a couple years ago, about getting you on. I think it was around COVID finishing up and stuff, so everybody's still sketchy about everybody. I, I I understand all of it. It was crazy busy. We couldn't get into places to sit down and record. There's a lot going on. But what I wanted to mention is how you guys are so fitting for the podcast. And what I'm talking about here is how you guys celebrated your 21st anniversary, right? Now, this is hilarious because most people go to Vegas to vacation and they want to go in and either enjoy a pool, have a few nice meals. What did you guys do? All right, so about six months ago, uh, Christina and I were joking about, I was just online on my phone one night looking at casino records. And the first thing I found was somebody had been to 358 casinos in their lifetime. And I was wondering how in the world they proved it because they started in the mid fifties. And I thought, well, I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to prove anywhere I went when I was in my twenties. Let me see what else there is. And I discovered that somebody had a record of uh, 74 casinos in 24 hours is actually held by two people who went out and did it in October of 2017. And so, uh, it started out as a joke. I, hey, Christina, we know these casinos well enough. We could do this. And the more we talked about it, the more I started to realize this wasn't going to be a joke because Christina got excited about it and said, no, we definitely need to do that. That's us. And so I said, our, our, our anniversaries, our weddings, or our marriage is turning 21. And so we're celebrating our 21st. Let's go gamble. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. And so I put it out on Twitter just to see what kind of feedback I'd get. And I got it about what I expected. A few people were like, you're crazy. And it, some other people who I know like this, you, you could definitely do this. And so uh, I contacted Guinness and the rules were just impossible. Uh, we had to use public transportation or walk. Uh, we had to play table games. We had to get a dealer to, to in a pit boss to stamp it and verify that we were there. And then we had to like keep a chip or something after the fact. And I thought, none of this is, it, it sounds great to me. So I replied and I said, are you sure we can't hire a private driver and the only, the only concession they would give us was we could take taxi cabs. Wow. And so there were multiple problems with this, mm-hmm. uh, one of which is when this other group did it, I think there were 78 casinos that you could play table games in back then. But today it's only 71. So the record of 74 would be impossible mm-hmm. because even if we went to Prim and Mesquite, we would only be at uh, – well, also two of those uh, casinos are not – they tag along in another license. So there's probably only 69 casinos with their individual licenses. Yeah. Putting Prim and Mesquite in there wouldn't get us there. We'd have to go to Laughlin, too. And Main Street Station doesn't deal table games on the day that we did this. And Skyline wouldn't have been open at the time that we would have done this either for the tables. And so uh, there were a lot of logistical problems the pandemic uh, created mm-hmm. that made it so we could not do this in Las Vegas, at least not in any sort of logical way, especially having to take a taxi cab from Laughlin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that didn't make any sense. And so... We decided we're just going to do this unofficially. And so uh, we wrote a blog post about it, or I guess Christina probably did. And uh, she's in this election, which you mentioned a minute ago. You know, our marriage is almost old enough to gamble. We're yeah. going to go take it out on, on its uh, 21st birthday. Well, uh, Circa and Derek Stevens saw that blog post, and they talked internally, and they came up to us and said, hey, we want to help you do that. We want to be a part of this. And they would offered to drive the, the, uh, a portion of it. They drove the, basically to a third of the casinos in one of their Escalades, which was exceptional. They they were really on top of things. They they, they helped us out a bunch with that. And we found out a couple other casino operators, classes, one station casinos is another. They wanted to help too. 
And so uh, October 4th at 5 o'clock, we walked into Golden Gate, and we uh, didn't know what, what to expect, and things were pretty quiet. So we went, we put a dollar into all the machines we played. So we went to the cage and got a bunch of ones. Came back around the corner and became kind of a media situation. There's news crews and all these uh, <laughs> employees for, the, for Circa and Golden Gate around, and I went, oh, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knew. So, Right. And so uh, before we played, we did two interviews, one with the local Fox station and, and one with uh, the Channel 13 here at ABC. And uh, then we played on camera and then we went across the street to Plaza and then we you know, went to 91 other casinos by the end. We ended a circuit across the street because uh, that, you know, they were our sponsors, so to speak. They helped us with the rides and thought, well, I knew they wanted to do something for us. And so that's where we ended up with that. So we kind of drove in a bit of a circle. But yeah, it, uh, <laughs> It was crazy. We were up about 30 hours uh, on that day because it was kind of hard to sleep in front of us since we didn't start till 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and that's amazing because I actually, I remember sharing it on social media, but I was thinking to myself, what's taken me about four years to do, I find this so interesting because every time I go, I try to visit a new property and, you know, I visit a new place that I haven't been to, whether it's, you know, out and about or wherever, and you guys, you know, what I've been trying to do for four years, I finally completed it. You know, but what you guys have been able to do in 24 hours is freaking amazing. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, I hadn't been to, I think, seven of them is what we decided. And Christina probably hadn't been to 10 or 12 of them before. We'd only been to a couple of wildfires. We went to a total of eight of them. Okay. And then she had, and I had been to Eureka, neither had she. And then she had been to a few of those really small Boulder Highway casinos. Like the Joker's Wild and what, what's the, what else is down there? Uh, Sam's Town, right? The Longhorn so, I hadn't been in before, I think, and the Klondike Sunset. I don't think I, well, neither one of us have been in the Wildfire Sunset. Um, yeah, so there's some of those little ones that I hadn't been in before. Um, and Stage Door, we only went in before that night because we did a test run um, the Thursday beforehand. And, um, so a week ahead of time, we were making sure that our timing was, like, feasible um, and we weren't, you know, smoking too much and with this pipe dream of whateverness. And uh, it actually worked out that we had way more time than we even needed. And we knew that actually going into it because it didn't take us as long to walk it as I had given ourselves to walk that. Um, but yeah, stage door, we went in during our test run. But otherwise, and that was our first and second time. <laughs> the stage literally within that week. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I was say I had never been there yeah, before because only during our test run had yeah. I ever been in it. It's the only place we got wanted down for guns uh, <laughs> during the 93 casinos. It was the only one that had the obvious metal detector. <laughs> yeah, very comforting. I got friends who like to hang out there and I yes. just turn out and walk away. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'll meet you guys somewhere. And they only else. had one Kino machine. I, I put my dollar in the Kino machine and they ate it and it said, call hey, us. And I said, no. I said, I'm going to play slots. Because <laughs> part of our silliness, too, was because we're not slot players, but we also knew to like that we, we weren't playing to win necessarily, but we wanted to play for fun because we knew we were we were keeping all the tickets for souvenirs as our you know proof as well as, you know, memorabilia or whatnot for this right. crazy night we had. And so we knew we weren't, you know, like I said, playing to win. And so we decided instead of just playing a random slot pool, that we'd play Kino and we'd play our anniversary numbers. So we'd play 10 5 for October 5th and then 21 because it was our 21st. And then we, our fourth or combination fifth numbers was the number of casino we were in at the time. And so, you know, Golden Gate was number one, Plaza was number two, Main Street Station number three. And so we literally, you know, kept doing, we obviously had to make a couple of modifications for Casino 5, 10, 21, you know. So that was kind of our fun silliness or whatnot is to play the Kino. And so, yeah, it, it, Stage Door and Rio were the only two we couldn't play Kino at. And John played his Joker Poker at Plaza. I played Kino. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this. What is your guys' favorite casino in town? Now, rather you guys are biased and have different opinions, that's totally fine. I, I'd love to hear what, what's your favorite or if a casino can be brought back, what was your favorite? Oh, Christina Stone, I can't, I can't wait to hear your answer. This is awesome. Why are you asking this so hard? Cause <laughs> I don't really have favorites. See, because 
I'm such a piggyback gambler. I literally don't gamble (laughs) to gamble for me. I literally gamble for the social a little bit more, like to spend time hanging out with John and stuff like that. I think the only time I gambled by myself was when we first really moved here and the kids were little. (laughs) So it was more of a supervisory (laughs) issue of of not being the parents that abandon our children at home to gamble. (laughs) So I feel like that's the only time I gamble alone. Yeah, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> okay, I thought you might say Red Rock there, just because that was the, the, the you know the, the years that we, John worked there and all that. I mean, I, I mean, over time, I mean, it was it's the one I probably spent the most time gambling at. I mean, it's my biggest win ever um, as well. So, I mean, for some silly reasons, but it's not like I'm going there to gamble all the time. Reasons, yeah. <laughs> so. It's got a lot of fun memories, too. Like, I, I used to go bowling at Red Rock. So I was on a bowling league, so my carpal tunnel caught up with me and told me I wasn't allowed to do that anymore. You know, so that was something fun. So, yeah, I guess property-wise, I probably had more, you know, although Plaza celebrated my 40th birthday, I put my name on the sign, and that's really freaking cool. So, you know, because not everybody gets to be famous even for a day like that. So I was like, that's me. <laughs> That's just me. Gonna say happy birthday too. Not you. That's me. <laughs> yeah. So those would be my two for I guess fun memories of you know since we moved here. Yeah. Yeah. I had a good casino in at Red Rock because we knew that one of the jackpots was juiced, and so I hit a six pot. <laughs> nice. I mean, one twenty six hundred dollars or something. So yeah. Um, so I get to be one of the few people that says I'm a lifetime Kino winner and I stay that way by not playing Kino too often. Um, cause I don't want to give it back. <laughs> she won $80 off 10 cents at Tuscany during our craziness. Amazing. And then there was, it was Barley's yeah. was the other, right? It was 50 cents or a dollar. Yeah, 136 off 50 cents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had two big ones while we were playing for our anniversary. So yeah. So stations was awesome. They, they helped us celebrate by gifting us ten dollars in free play at all of their uh, properties. So anytime we stayed, stopped at one of the wildfires or stations or whatnot, any of you know, we got an extra ten dollars to play with. And so, yeah, I, I got some extra fun at the one Barley's off. Of, you know, so the free play helped make that extra fun. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool, actually. No, yeah, their strategy worked because it kept us in there longer. Her biggest win was at one. And her first five spot was at another. And so, and then Tuscany, which didn't even know we were there, was the the, the largest percentage. <laughs> ever, 10 cents for 80 bucks. You know? That's so funny. Because that was gonna... when we had to get to five numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I was going to ask you guys, did you guys have a, a spot where you had to spend more time than you guys wanted to? That's hilarious. And then he mentions it. <laughs> Well, when we broke the record yeah. wildfire Lake Mead, they threw kind of a little mini party for us. They, we were there at nine o'clock in the morning on a Thursday or something. So their staff had you know, it wasn't much going on in there. But the, the GM of the place was waiting on us, and uh, the, uh, the, the all the other employees. We did pictures. They filmed us and did a little celebration thing. So that was that was kind of fun too. So we we did probably spend most time in the station properties, both because we had to clear the free play out before we could get our souvenir ticket. And then occasionally she she had a big hit there. I, I had almost no big hits. <laughs> She's the expert keno player, as I was mentioning earlier. <laughs> so, I'm lucky so, to know what can I say. <laughs> so for me, uh, I, I mean, Plaza is going to be the number one place that I play. Unfortunately, you know, it's kind of far away. We live in Summerlin, they're downtown, so it's not like it's Rampart where I can just I drive by it every day. Yeah, and so that's tough. But Plaza's uh, so I, I go way back with Plaza. I first probably played there in 2004, I think it was, maybe it was 05. And so the Vegas club is actually where I used to play. That's where the machines used to be, the the full-pay joker and all those other coin games. And so you mentioned bringing something back. Well, you know, I love Circa, but also I, I like uh, dive casinos and really Las Vegas club is absolutely that. You know, when it would rain, it would rain inside, ceiling tiles would fall. The hotel had been closed for years. There were no restaurants. You know, I mean, it was really a, became a mess, a neglected mess in the end. But also, I got to know everybody who worked there, and half of them still work at Plaza. And so it became kind of a, a my own little locals casino, even though it wasn't. And that moved over to Plaza because they took some of those coin games over at first. And eventually, they gave me one of them. So one of the Joker poker machines I used to play is in my Very office. Cool. And so they, they have just been uh, 
when they reopened the plaza in 2010, maybe it was 11, but 10 sounds right. Christine and I opened, we, we got a, a pre-opening invite to go into the hotel and spend a night when they weren't really, really ready to open yet. So, you know, the, the things go way back long before Vegas Advantage, where Plaza's always been, hey, you know, you're a VIP. I threw the last crap troll at Las Vegas Club in 2015, you know, these types of things. So they're, they're in a lot of my Las Vegas memories. Very cool. And to go back to the plaza, I know Christina mentioned the name on the board. Same thing I had happened for Kelly on her birthday. Yeah, like you said, you want to talk about feeling special. Like, to see her almost tear up, especially when we were in front of the building, let alone inside the restaurant where we were having dinner and for them to pop it on the screen. It was really cool. She was like, this is a really best birthday ever. So, yeah, I totally can relate. That's awesome. So we're going to jump into a quick game here that we like to play. Usually me and Kelly play with guests. And so what it is, is it's called Bucket or Fuck It. So this is basically an option of something you must do or something you can do once and then, you know, pass on. Christina, I'm going to start with you and I'd love to hear your answer on it. And it's just real quick and easy. Christina, the Bellagio Fountain. Okay. Bucket or Fuck It. To me, that that's it. Um, you know, they're cool to see once. I don't know. Um, to go see it every time. I mean, if you're walking by, I'll stop, but I don't go out of my way to go see them. <laughs> yeah. What about you, John? Uh, Bucket. I actually, if it's going on, I'll, I'll watch it as I go by. I don't go out of my way, but I've certainly seen it many times. Okay. I'm on the same. I'm with the Bucket. I, I stop to watch it every time it's going, but yes, I won't go out of my way, especially when you're moving from one place to another, right? Yeah, you're on the go. Um, <laughs> the next one, we'll start with you, John. Photos with showgirls. Bucket or fuck it? Uh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Christina? Oh fuck it! I don't. I don't even want the one picture. It bothers me when I get asked. Yeah. But uh, it just doesn't the stop and take my picture. Stuff drives me crazier than almost anything else walking around here. Yep, <laughs> they're the most aggressive people out there. Well, in my experience, especially the setup yeah. and they, they don't always take no for an answer nicely. Yep. <laughs> nope. you're absolutely right. I'm on the same board with you guys. Fuck it on that one. Alrighty. You mentioned this one earlier, Christina, which I thought was interesting. Adventure Dome. Would you consider that a bucket or fuck it? Well, see, you know, to, to, to me, it was a bucket until they raised the price tag. And I'm not sure <laughs> the value you got to pay with. You know, and it used to get good locals and buy one, get one half off tickets. I was more like even that it was more affordable than um, I, I mean, to me, so much fun, but it used to be more fun. So I'm going to say it used to be a bucket, but it might be more of a bucket. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I agree with her there. You got to get like a buy one, get one half off at least. I think it's 60 something dollars now and it just is not worth that. I yeah. Think. Yeah, no, you guys are both right. I took the kids a couple of years ago, and we noticed the prices were jumping up, and now that they're adding and repainting everything, seems like everything's going to go up, circulate F1, adding into the mix. So, yeah, I definitely think people should check it out. It, it's it's definitely a fucking yeah, check it out thing for sure. Yeah, we used to go almost once a year when we get our hands on the coupons or whatnot, and the, the, the boys still can't, the can't cards here. We give you buy one, get one, fifty percent off coupons. So uh-huh. we, you know, you pay five dollars support a small event in the camp, and you get a bit of discount at the Adventure Dome or whatnot. But yeah, they don't even have the coupons anymore on those, and have the price tag going up. Yeah. Okay, we'll stay at the same property, Circus Circus, the Midway, where all the games are up up there. Bucket or fucking. Uh, for, for me, uh, it. I, I'm not looking for carnival games, you know, you know, the cost of sin or, you know, the prices you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. That stuff doesn't interest me. And when we've walked through there, granted, we're not there on Saturdays usually, but we've walked through there a few times and it's been like, well, nothing even happened. Though. Yes. The workers just staring at you. Yes. Come play my game. Yeah. Right. Okay. Next one on the list. We're going to start with Christina. Fremont Street Experience. Bucket or fuck it? Well, I'm assuming when you say experience was hanging out on Fremont, uh, to me, that's a bucket. I I like going down here. It's my favorite spot that people watch, um, just hang out down on Fremont. Um, You know, you get added of, you know, some of the extra, you know, free entertainment and stuff down there. Now, you won't find me there on a Friday night or a weekend, um, (laughs) but I like to go people once during the week. (laughs) Okay. What about you, John? Yeah, I'm going to be the same way. Uh, it's going to be a bucket. I, I I go there relatively often. And yeah, Saturday night's not a great time to be there because it's just too crowded for my liking. But mo- most other times, it's, it, it's, it's fun to me. 
Okay. I'm on the same boat with you guys. I'm Fremont Street every night. If I'm in town, I'm always on Fremont Street nightly. That's that's my that's my gym right there. All right, next one, the Mob Museum. Bucket or fuck it? John, you go first. Well, you know, I was a one and done there. I'm going to say fuck it. It was enjoyable the first time. And, you know, if we have friends in town that want to do it again, I will. But I, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to go do it a second time. Okay. Uh, a for me, I'm a museum nerd. So I'm one of those people that um, other people get irritated to go to museums with because I want to read everything on every piece. <laughs> so to me, instead of reading it all at once, I just go back and I learn something new every time I go through. So I'll just pay more attention to an exhibit. I didn't get to spend on time the next time. So to me, I really enjoy the history type stuff. So to me, it's a bucket because I learn something new every time I, I go through it. So. I, I enjoy going through any time. So you're on museum, buddy. I'm on game on <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, I'm on the same board with you on that one, Christina. I'm a junkie for that place. I go in there and feel like I learned something new or see something I didn't see the time prior. And I, every time I go in, it's at least a minimum three hour span just because you get stuck reading everything yeah. and looking at the details. And yeah, I love that place. Last one we'll mention here. What about visiting a strip club in Las Vegas? Bucket or fuck it? Well, I guess it's going to start with me. Um, you know, I, I haven't been to one in a long time. Okay. But uh, I, I, th- I think a, a, a single time is at least good. I mean, I, yeah. you know, here I've been married 21 years, and she doesn't – I mean, she, she's fine with this answer, whatever it is. But uh, the – the thing is, is that so we we went we grew up in Atlanta, and I think the strip clubs there are way better than the ones here in Las Vegas. And so I think that's my if you are from somewhere that has decent strip clubs, I would say it's a it's a fuck it. But if you're some, from somewhere that doesn't have any or don't have high quality ones, then then it moves up to a bucket. So somewhere in the middle. I think you're absolutely right with that one. The Atlanta scene is big when it comes to the entertainment industry. That's a huge one. That's so funny you're saying that. Go ahead, Christina. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Well, no, so I'm going to be the same way there. I mean, I don't know you got, you know, or at least used to have, you know, all men and alcohol or Vegas, you got to pick one or the other. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. When you have, you know, all the perks, it's kind of hard to do. Like, I'll have to pick one, you know, like, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I think it does depend on where you're from because obviously, um, We've lived in smaller towns where the strip clubs one is um, awesome, and then we've lived in places where the strip clubs are better. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I think it kind of depends on what you have to compare it to, and and whether it's your scene or not. When you know, so. I think it goes with your comfort level, right? Especially with couples, especially with couples. I mean, that that's that's well, a, a comfort thing. Well, the most women out of left field, you know, it also depends on how much money you think you're going to be spending. Because if you're one of those people who's going to be dropping tons of money, you know, with the strip club, there's some places over the hill where you get some more benefits for your buck. Um, you know, so yeah, I know yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And there's, it goes back to this type of places. Like you said, you go to some places and you have a good experience and then you go to some and then you feel like you're getting hustled. We've had both of those experiences. So we're like, okay, we're kind of on the fucking train too. Like, yeah, we've been there. We've done it. Okay. Yeah, it's there. But I mean, it doesn't mean we won't go back, but it's not a necessarily a bucket for us. <laughs> Awesome. Guys, this has been super fun. I really want to thank you for taking the time to spend some time with us, chat Vegas, chat more about what you guys do. Again, my friends, if you guys are not paying attention to what I said at the top of the show, these folks know the casino industry inside and out. They live in Vegas. They hunt the tables to find out what's happening and what's changing. That way you guys are up to date with everything. If you're looking for information on any table games in Las Vegas, this is the site you need to be checking out. There's plenty of websites out there. There's plenty of podcasts out there. And we have them all on here because they're bringing you quality content. This is one of them. John and Christina, do me a favor. Let these folks know where they can find you guys at on your social medias and stuff like that as well. All right. So on Twitter, uh, John underscore Mahaffey, M-E-E-H-A-F-F-E-Y is my personal Twitter Vegas Advantage is Vegas underscore Advantage. And then on we have a Facebook that's Vegas Advantage also. And then uh, on uh, Christina will do the YouTube and stuff. I said the YouTube, uh, the handle is uh, Vegas underscore Advantage on there also. And then um, 
Okay, very cool. I'm going to get over and subscribe to the YouTube channel because I just realized I'm not subscribed to that one, so I'll take care of that right now. But again, guys, thank you for the time. This has been super fun. Thank you for letting me pick your guys' brains as locals. I'd love to do it again, maybe in person, wherever we end up. And again, as always, when I see you guys in person, I mean this. Like, I'm genuinely happy to see you guys because it's not always in the same place, right? And we're always up to something or crossing paths and you guys come off genuinely as good people, and I appreciate every time that I run into you guys. So for what you guys are doing for people, the information, the work, collecting data, everything that goes into it, and as a friend and a, somebody who is just a fan of Vegas, I appreciate everything you guys are doing, and thank you for spending some time with me. Well, thank you for having us. This was great. I had fun. Thanks for having us.